Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Brown Petri Dish. Today on the podcast, we have Gary Campbell. Um, I was just with him all week for the Rubber City Comedy Festival. Very fun week. It really was a great time. Uh, we had comics from all over the country. They were all really good. We had great turnouts. It even got better throughout the week. So by the time we got around to Saturday, they went from being almost sold out crowd, being sold out crowds with people waiting in line in the hallway to get in. It was pretty cool to see. Um, how much people embraced it. And we talked about some of the uh, comedians that were in the festival on the podcast. Uh, we talked about uh, a little bit about just comedy in general. And then we had a couple news items. I can't even really remember what they are. This was such a busy week. We really didn't even think about who we were going to have on. We didn't talk about it at all um, until Saturday, which is normally when we do the podcast. So I was with Gary, asked Gary if he wanted to do it because he's somebody we've been wanting to have on for a while. And uh, we had him on, and it was a great episode. I thought it was really good. He's Like I said, he's one of our good friends, so it was pretty easy. So I um, hope you enjoy. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. It helps us out a lot. Thanks for listening, everybody. How's your week been? Oh, it's been great. Yeah. Rubber City Comedy Festival was awesome. I got to be a part of that, so I was happy. Hell yeah, how'd that turn out? The show itself. Oh, they were all great. Yeah. I think they were great. The, the happy hour shows are a little tough. Yeah. I think that was a bad crowd and like not a good sound system, but they're still fun. I got to go first on it, so it was better than going last yeah. on those shows. Yeah, I enjoy going first. It kind of... Sometimes it takes the edge off, and now you're like, okay, I can relax and watch the other comedians and not yeah, have to worry yeah. about staying sober enough to tell jokes. Yeah, yeah and at the at those bar shows, like, I saw one guy, when they got up and announced that they were doing comedy, one dude just went, oh. <laughs> it was like, he was not ready for a comedy show. And so, oh, like, once... They get you, you can maybe get their attention early on, but if like they, if you lose their attention as the comics go up, but then the sound gets, uh, oh, my dog. <laughs> the sound gets worse and, uh, you know, like the talking, the table talk gets worse and louder and it just goes downhill from there. So I got to go first and still had some attention on me and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, got some laughs. Brewery, that brewery was not a uh, very cool bar, but not a good place for comedy. It's just the the ceilings are so high. It's almost like you're doing an outdoor show. Like it's and yeah, I ran there was the just an echo. Thing. Yeah, and then yeah, I ran the same thing on Friday at that eerie uh, show, uh, Voodoo Brewery. Fun crowd. I mean, they were definitely on board, but the ceilings were so high, and it's a beer hall, so like the table talk is pretty much at a maximum there. It's yeah. like you're doing like a show for a bunch of Vikings at dinner. It's like for long tables and. <laughs> People yeah. arguing with each other. Still yeah, a fun yeah. show, but sound was pretty rough, man. Yeah, other yeah. than the uh, all, other than the Wednesday night show, all of the all of the uh, shows at Funny Stop were attended really well. Um, and you know what? Even that small crowd was like they were a really good crowd. Good, yeah, I had a yeah. great set, and they liked people. So yeah. every crowd seemed pretty good. Yeah, the last two shows, like all, I think all four of the uh, Friday Saturday shows were like. Really well attended, but the last two sold out, so that was that was cool. Damn. Yeah, man. yeah, it was. Yeah, there was a line down the hallway to get into Funny Stop last night. It was pretty cool. Yeah, for the last show. Yeah, for that yeah. for Ian for Dance, which <clears throat> you know the Friday early show was the only one that wasn't like pretty full. Yeah. Like are almost are completely full. The late show was good, and those other two shows were. Yeah, and the first show was a great crowd. It was just a little light, probably three quarters. Yeah, I was really impressed with uh, all the comedians they had from like all over the country. It was there were a lot of really good ones, and we're gonna yeah. try to have we're gonna try to have them as many as possible on the podcast. It was it's a good yeah, time. We they, were all uh, great. they did a great job with choosing yeah uh, comedians. Yeah, we met some uh, cool people from like New York, Buffalo, uh, Chicago. I mean, 
DC. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Got a lot of contacts out of it. <laughs> it was yeah. cool. And, uh, and yeah, I did, I did a set on Thursday of Mary's early show. It was really, it was a really good crowd. I mean, it wasn't like yeah. packed, but they were just a really easy, good, good crowd. Um, yeah. And that all worked out because then I am Chad get to go up the next night twice. So yeah. Yeah. And, and everybody was okay. Yeah. And I was happy <laughs> with the, like, I didn't, I, I was like, when they gave me my little swag bag and stuff, I was like, dude, you guys didn't have to do this. Like that's, yeah. you know, like. That's cool as hell. Yeah, I'm like, I'm just yeah. hosting a show. I'm not, like, in it, you know? <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were real cool. Everybody was awesome. Um, yeah, Gary, uh, how long have you been doing comedy, man? It's... I consider, like, uh, January 2018 is when I started okay. getting real serious about it. I had probably done a handful of mics over the past, the two years prior. But really, yeah. like, the uh, like a couple years before. Or a year before, because I had seen, I had done some mics with Bill Squire, and then I saw him do his, like, real set at that funny stop. He brought me down and let me watch, and I was like, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> and I stopped doing comedy for a little bit. But that's when, I, that's when I started, like, losing weight and stuff. After I, So after I had done a couple of mics, then I, like, focused on that, and then I got was like, okay, I'm ready to start doing comedy again in, yeah. like, January 2018. Hitting it harder. And I was where was your uh, where was your first set at? First set ever was at Barrio, Hilario at the Barrio, when that oh, was yeah. a Bill Squire show. That's cool as hell. <clears> yeah. yeah, yeah. That... And I had went up and watched a show because me and my buddy wanted to both do it, and I knew that it was it was a book show, but it, you know, it could be you could be any skill level. You know, you just had to email him, and he just had like a list he kept adding to. And so we went up and watched a show. And there was a guy up there that was super new and he was like shaking and like throwing out these one liners. And, you know, at the end, he said, you know, that was my first time. Thanks for listening. You know, and everybody was oh, like, man. yeah, and I was like, oh, that's the worst that could happen. Is that, you know, you, tell, you, you bomb and then tell them, you know, you know, it's my first time and they're still supportive. So we went up, we signed up right away and went up and did, did, did well. Like we got people were seemed impressed that we, that was our first time, but we had, we had been talking about it for a long time beforehand and like yeah. writing stuff and bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah. I mean, I like you always, uh, you always want to tell them in the beginning it's your first time. So this way they're yeah. a little more forgiving on you. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I've been, I've been telling people I wanted to do comedy since I was like 16 and I didn't do it until I was 33. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know I was the same way. We both procrastinated. Yeah. We're just huge procrastinators. We always wanted to, we wanted to do it for a long time. And I had a huge public speaking fear. So, there's like yeah. a way to get over that. I was like, I could, you know, kind of well, jump in the water. Yeah, you kind of have that thing that uh, you kind of have that thing that Josh Volchko has, which we need to have on the podcast sometime soon. But uh, where where like you can not do comedy for a while and then just like show up and kill. And it's like how <laughs> I know how do you? I don't think I. I mean, I might be able to do that, but I don't think I could. I mean, I feel like if I, I don't get up two or three times a week, I'm I'm getting rusty. You know. <laughs> I know I can do my act, but then I don't get, I haven't gotten to work on new material because I don't get out as much, but that's what like pre pandemic is like, I was going rolling, you know, at least a, once a week or having a book show, you know, something getting yeah. out more regular. And then it was like, boom. And then it's been sporadic since then, you know, since Pete opened, I go and I'll get a weekend and then I'll get scared of <laughs> killing one of my family members and, <laughs> stop and then come back and you know, <laughs> yeah. miss it <laughs> yeah it's hard to stay away man that's for sure um but yeah man it was it was a good weekend what was your favorite part of the ever rubber city festival yes <clears throat> you know i like just hanging out the most i think because once you're yeah. once your set's over it's really fun to, to watch other comedians hang out outside talk to people yeah you know, the nerves are gone. Like, once I get done on set, I'm like, the you know, it's an a adrenaline dump. And then once I calm down, I'm just ready to hang out. Yeah. And uh, then it's fun, you know, because yeah. you don't have to worry about drinking too much. Or <laughs> 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 I don't want to drink too much to get up on stage, but I can have a drink then and chill. Yeah, it was funny to see how different people, uh, like, took the whole thing and, like, like, 
you had some people that like just did their sets and didn't didn't like talk to anybody or anything. And then yeah. you had like and then you had like Pierce who was like just fully fully threw himself into Akron. Man, this for sure, yeah. Dude, like this guy this guy Brandon is uh from London, but he's a New York City comic and uh he was so funny and just energetic. Like he loved Loved Akron. He went to the Rubber Ducks game, like bought a Rubber Ducks hat and took pictures of oh the mascots God. and shit. And it's like all night at the yeah. bar, all the night at the bar. He's like Rubber Ducks for life. Like it was fucking. It was, <laughs> he was hilarious. Went in Rome, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, man. They uh, they got to know the him and Eli, the other guy from New York, got to know the wait staff at the breakfast place they went to every morning. They came to the show last night. <laughs> yeah and the people at the soap company yeah too yeah. didn't they the girl yeah yeah that girl works at her. that girl works at flurries too yeah so a girl oh, okay. know, yeah a girl i went to high school with um worked at this breakfast place that they went to so she taught them and they like going to the soap place that she works at <laughs> and like, what the hell yeah and bought they bought some soap and shit and it was it was a really yeah. good time and those were those two dudes were cool they told us whenever we're in new york to hit them up like a month ahead of time, they'll get us on some shows. Hell yeah. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I gave them a ride back to their hotel last night. Because yeah. I, heard, I heard Ian talking about uh, the headliner Ian, and he was like, I'm trying to find a ride. And they, they were trying to get him to stay out and party. He was like, oh, no, I'm trying to find a ride back to the hotel. And I, I didn't want to stay. Yeah, too I late, so too. I was like, oh, I could take you. Yeah, and I ended then, up uh, too. I was like, I can't yeah, do Red but, Fox again. It's not. <laughs> Did you guys go over there? No, After I didn't. That? No, we went Friday yeah. night. Didn't go Saturday. But then I couldn't find Ian's hotel because I, I remember I took Jim Florentine to the same hotel once, and uh, but I could. He was like, "It's the Comfort Inn," and I'm like putting it in my GPS, and I don't. There's like no Comfort Inn anywhere nearby, and I'm like, "That sounds right. Why is this coming up?" So I took them back to their hotel. And he was like, "Oh, let me look." <laughs> He's like, "Oh, Country Inn." <laughs> oh yeah. And I was like, "Oh." Yeah, that's yeah, the one over right. on Home Avenue. Yeah, 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 man. Ian Ian Finance is a is a killer, man. Like I don't yeah. like that dude had me like crying laughing, and I, I didn't even know who he was before the weekend started. Yeah, so yeah, to be more specific about that question, that prior question, it's probably then once I did my set on the early show Friday. And then I got to sit back in the audience and my, my fiance and her parents came and saw her parents saw me do comedy for the first time. Yeah. And then we sat there and he, and I got to sit in the front row and watch him and he was, he just killed it. I laughed my ass off. Yeah. That was probably, yeah, that was probably my favorite moment. Yeah. Dude, his, his <clears> late, <throat> his late show set Friday night was just like, people were screaming, yeah. people were screaming, laughing. Like it was, yeah. Uh, Oh yeah, I was still there. It was yeah, and oh it was different because his crowd. He did so much crowd work, and it was all amazing crowd work. And it was so that each set was so different. Yeah, he, and he had like a. I didn't even get to hear all of it, but the like I guess the bit the late show Saturday, he was like, oh, "I'm glad I got that on film," you know, because he's like, "I'm gonna make a clip out of that." Yeah, it was like something about cigarettes with the audience, like three cigarettes or something. And people were talking about it. Oh yeah, he asked the dude. Uh, he asked the he always asked the crowd who smokes cigarettes and. And he said, how many cigarettes did you smoke today? And this dude was like, three. And he was like, three, pussy? And just started like going on this rant about this you know, dude I only, hear that. only I smoking hear that. three yeah, cigarettes. It was pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I smoked two packs a day. <laughs> <laughs> he's, you would not see like his, if you just, if you met him, like when I met him that day, I did not see that like crazy of a comic coming out of, like he's just like out of a rocket ship. Dude, like just yeah yeah oh I mean, yeah he's, yeah he's a super <laughs> sweet dude though yeah 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 and he's like my voice is uh he's he kept saying his voice was going out and i was like i can see why <laughs> like it's yeah 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 <laughs> and i i when i i was lucky to have, like i got to see him a couple decembers ago in uh at hilarities he featured for david tell and that was like the greatest show i've ever seen david tell had yeah. me like you know like in pain hurt laughing so hard yeah but he was he was hilarious and then when I heard he was headlining this weekend, and then Mary Santora and Mike Conley, I was excited. I was like, "Oh shit, this is this is real." I was like, "Oh, yeah, it was <laughs> oh, real. Yeah. It was it was a real good time, man." And then that Hunter Roberts dude from yeah. from uh, Tennessee, that dude was like incredible. Um, yeah, 
Martin Martin Phillips, the, Martin the guy Phillips, that, yeah. This dude has this dude has MS and he's like and he just like is just fucking hilarious. Like it's not even yeah. like he doesn't oh, yeah. even like do jokes that's like he doesn't even do jokes that are like about his MS. It's just and yeah. you know, like most people most people that have yeah. a disability do jokes about their disability. This yeah. dude's just fucking hilarious. He doesn't rely on his disability at all. Like no. it's him. No. Yeah. And uh and he his set late on the late show Saturday was like he had them like Yeah. They were loud. He did just as well. He did yeah. just as well as Hunter. Like that was those yeah. were like the, the two people that just like brought the house down. <laughs> like, yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, man, it's a great time. I can't wait for it next year. It's it's something that something I'm definitely gonna look forward to every year. It's, oh for sure. It yeah. was a great time. Um yeah, I think it was a, definitely a success. I, I mean, I you know the guys running it seemed happy. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they how they like. I think Wednesday they were probably think they were probably worried a little bit because of the crowd size that they got. Yeah. And then it ended up like it ended up like being better than what they expected. So it was. But they had a big the big media push wasn't until like the next couple of days. So like yeah. they had the news there Wednesday to record and yeah. Uh, they ran a story then Thursday morning and then, you know, you got Mary on Thursday nights. So she's, you know, promoting on the radio and her shows were good. And, um, and then, yeah, they had Ian and like the beacon journal. They did a, an interview with him in the beacon journal and then the devil strip, which is a little local paper in Akron. And yeah, I saw like all that media came out like later. So then that made sense. Like, yeah, it just, it just seemed to grow. And I mean, the weekend shows are always, easier to sell anyway yeah my thing that pissed me off though man really it, it, it kind of pissed me off was that like none of the newer none of the newer amateurs came out at all like the whole weekend i saw cam, Vanderhoof cam yeah Wednesday, he's 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 like Thursday. a funny stop regular now though kind yeah of yeah and but that's yeah i was surprised by that too i thought dude wow, none like, of them came on wednesday like they were like oh there's no open mic i guess i don't have to go to funny stop tonight like no, yeah, you should be he, there. Yeah, like, he'd yeah. even put on Facebook like <laughs> "amateur should come out see see real comedy" or something yeah. like that. You know? I mean, I mean, honestly, there's not like a lot of great ones right now, anyways. With the with the newer people that are coming up, I'm hoping it'll get better after the pandemic's completely over. And I mean, I don't know because it seems like there's just not like really like a class of fresh. You know, like like I feel like. I feel like we had like a we had like a two year window where there were like a lot of good comics starting out. Yeah, and I just I don't, I don't know I just don't see it right now. I don't. It's a lot of them that like don't want to put the effort in that like they just they think just coming to Funny Stop once a week or whatever is gonna like make them better and you know it's just it's not that's not how you get better. Yeah, doing the same show. Usually, I mean, I mean, there's time. a lot of people that fall out. I've seen a lot of people yeah. on the stage that have only done it once or twice, right? And you know, I'm sure that one kid. <laughs> yeah, no, he's. I don't think he does it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't. I think he's done. Yeah. I think he deleted. Yeah, it. I mean, a lot of the newer people that I've seen, you know, here or there, that you know have pretty good sets or something like that lately. You never really like run into them at other shows at all. It just no. seems like they're kind of falling yeah. off. And crazy. Man. I don't know how much of that's the pandemic. I mean, I, especially yeah, now towards I, the tail end of it. In the beginning, it's I could yeah. understand that a little more, but now it seems like all the shows are coming back that you know kind of fell off for a while. Now there's yeah. a lot of options for mics and. Well, I'm thinking. Well, I'm thinking we'll eventually get like get rid of the people that were like that came in to do comedy just because they were so bored out of their mind. They had yeah. not. They they were like, I'm funny, I think, and yeah, and I'm like I, you got had the people that like actually want to do comedy. Like it's not, you know, like it's not like yeah. a. You got to have people where it's it's not a hobby. It's something that they actually want to do with their life. I mean, it's. I think once you get to like thirty fifth on the lineup for the open mics, I think that's that's where you start to see the people that you know really want to do it versus don't yeah. do it. Yeah. Once it's inconvenient yeah. to do it, I think that's when. That's when it gets a little more serious. Yeah. Pete weeds people out too. Pete weeds yeah, people does. out. Yeah. They're intimidated by him. They don't get like and if you're not if you're not into it enough to put up with Pete, then yeah, you're not you shouldn't be in it. 
You know what I mean? So it's true. Like, He's yeah. the harshest. Critic. I think that's why everybody, everybody's always like, everybody's always like, Pete never talks shit to you or whatever. And I'm like, because he knows it doesn't bother me. That's why he never yeah. talks shit to me because he he doesn't get joy he out of it because he knows yeah. it doesn't bother me. <laughs> yeah, and Patrick gets it the worst because it's like he <laughs> it gets to it's him crazy, real bad. Man. Yeah. <laughs> It just doesn't like I don't know. It's 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 something that you get, you have to either get used to or like you're not gonna make it a funny stop. I mean, Patrick's the only one I think that's like that's like stick stuck around for the longest time that like has Put never gotten over shit. it. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah but he's still know. there. Yeah, like yeah. he's still there, <laughs> and he just like puts yeah. up with it, but he's never like yeah gotten to the point where he doesn't let it bother him no no it's a staple i mean that's that's half the reason i like coming to the funny stop you know one has the comedy the other is just listening to pete talk shit about people it's it's hilarious dude the funniest the funniest time with with uh patrick we might have talked about it on his podcast but he killed the one night and i was like hey pete patrick just killed man and he was he was like yeah he did good and then he comes around the corner and patrick's like looking to pete for like approval and pete's like you get lucky. And then he's like, <laughs> Patrick's like, what the fuck, man? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> My favorite one was like, this was like, this was pretty early on, but like we were hosting and stuff a little bit. And I had started hosting and I think Patrick had a hosting on an amateur night and Pete, me and him were just talking on like, at the, by the door and Pete comes around the corner and he's yelling at the wait staff like that are behind him. And he's just yelling while he walks away from them. <laughs> stops mid sentence, and dead in his tracks, and just looks at Patrick and says, "You fucking suck!" And just keeps walking. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh my, oh my god. god. Patrick's just crazy. like, oh. He gets on him so much. Um, man, uh, we had some. We had some. Uh, some of the. Uh, some of the like older, like used to be headliner guys stopped up here and there during the festival. That was, or, you know what I'm saying? The older get like, like, uh, JJ, JJ was up there. And yeah. Bunch of, bunch of, bunch of those guys stopped up. We had an interesting situation last night. The heckler that, uh, then approached the comic right afterwards at the bar and, and, uh, wouldn't stop talking to him. And then, uh, the other guy pulled her over, started talking to him for a minute, and talking to her for a minute, and she was like, seriously, like she was a problem for like forty five minutes, probably. God damn! And it was just like, dude, like go sit the fuck down, please. She was like starting to like piss people off at the bar, like touching people and shit. And it was like, <laughs> dude, go hell? go sit down. Like, what what the fuck's wrong with you? And she <laughs> she eventually like went and sat down, and then she comes back and starts talking again, like twenty minutes later. And she's like, "Don't worry, I'm leaving." And I'm like, "That's that's good. You need to leave." Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think if you have to point out, "Don't worry, I'm leaving," you probably should have already left. Yes. It's a little too late now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no doubt, dude. It was. It was just. Uh, it wasn't even like. It wasn't even like a. Like a bad thing that the comic got heckled. He just said something that like hit a trigger with her and it was just like, she not only heckled him, but then felt that she had to explain herself. Oh yeah. Afterwards. Oh yeah. Yeah. When they get drunk, there's, it's just, it's, 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 you never know. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen with them. They're wild cards. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy, man. Man. Have uh, you guys seen the new, uh, the new setup for make them laugh Mondays at the B side lounge? Yeah. No. I went to the oh, first man. one. I uh, I love the new setup, man. In the basement, there's like a like a slightly smaller stage. I mean, there's like little candles lit down there. I was like, I have never seen the grog shop look classy, but if it can, that's make them laugh Mondays. Dude. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It looks like a... I did it a couple times before. I like that show. That was fun. John it was cool. Guy. This time he decided to do a roast battle instead of like a first show. So like, oh, okay, everybody just kind of signed up and went up and roasted each other man it was it was a good time it was really interesting but and then it was weird too because like we we had the roast battle first and then me jimmy and gabe went up and did five for like the the people that were there early 
And then later, John was like, hey, you guys should just go up and do another five. So we all had to like <laughs> 86 the first five, write down a new five, go That's back cool. up there and do another five for the people that already saw us do five in the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird night, man. But it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's uh, cool. I usually have fun with that when it's like, you know, like it seems off so off the cuff that you just feel comfortable. Like there's no expectations. There's not a lot of expectations. So you, right. it makes you feel comfortable and then it ends up being fun. Yeah, we were talking about that with uh, submission tapes uh, last yeah. night. And it's like uh, Kyle Kyle Hanhorst, one of the guys that's running the, the Rubber City Comedy Festival, texted me on Friday and said, hey, you had a really good set last night. That's going to be a good tape for you because they they uh, recorded everybody's sets and are giving them, giving yeah. them to them for free. And I was oh, like, yeah. Great. I was like, yeah, it probably will be a good submission tape because I didn't know it was being recorded until afterwards. That's why. <laughs> it's going to so be much good. better I, that way. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. I knew it was being recorded, but it was like, there's no process to it. Like, I was so excited. One time, Steve Merz, like, mic'd me up. And, like, I was going oh, so to paying him. You know, he put his, like, lavalier mic on me and hooked it to his phone. He had, he was recording and he had, like, so he had, like, the good sound and the good video and, and it was just an awful set. And yeah, I, I still yeah. Because yeah. you're you thinking know, about he, it. He was like, uh, he thanked me for paying him because he was like, you know, a lot of guys would be like, you know, if they didn't have a good set, they would be like, oh, I don't want it now. And I was like, no, I asked, you know, you came down here, like, you did what you had to do. You gave me a video and it's great. Like the, the production quality was awesome. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I yeah. was just disappointed with the my production game. quality of my bomb was amazing. No. Yeah, exactly. You really captured every yeah. gasp and, and <laughs> silence. Well, uh, I loved it. Yeah. No, yeah. but it's 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 weird because like that was the most relaxed I've been on stage in a long time, and it was basically because I didn't know I was going up until like five minutes beforehand. So yeah, I was just like, all right, I'm gonna write down a set list real quick, and then I didn't do my set list at all. <laughs> and it was yeah. And uh, I've done that. Yeah, and then afterwards, somebody was like, "That's gonna be a good tape, man." And I'm like, "Tape? What? What are you talking about?" And they're like, "Yeah, they're recording everybody's sets." I'm like, "Oh, that's awesome!" Like I've yeah. never, <laughs> I've never had one of my sets recorded and not, not have known it beforehand. So yeah, I like having the option where like they'll tape you and then you determine whether or not you want to buy the the tape afterwards. I mean, yeah, you go up yeah. there, you're like, I don't need a fucking tape. I don't need to worry about that at all. And then you kill, and you're like. All right, how much is that tape though? Because yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's that that's that's the ultimate yeah, that'd be that's that's yeah, that's that's how I've gotten other great tapes. I was lucky enough to like I got a good tape where I just put my phone on a tripod and I got it at the Cleveland Comedy Open when we were doing the main stage. I think that's oh, how that's I got tight. it at the Rubber City Comedy Festival. I sent that's him that cool. one. You know, and I had a good set. I you know, not by I wish better, but you know, but uh, you know, you always do. But so I was lucky enough to have that, and I've gotten a few good tapes from the Funny Stop, and I think yeah. I'll have some from this weekend. Cause I'm kind of shocked, definitely shocked we don't have more people just showing up, taping people's sets and charging. I mean, I've seen a couple people do it. Uh, yeah. I know Jake Z would do it here and there when that guy was still in the area, and like he would usually just give you your set. Like it was. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, major. it's better than, like, uh, there's a certain there's a certain guy I won't mention his name that uh, records people's sets sometimes at Funny Stop and then he like, but he like can't help himself with like he heckles people during their sets, and it's like so then he has to like give so then he has to like give him a discount on the tape, like I, he wasn't recording me the one night but he was recording other, he was recording other people I was recording myself, and yeah. I had like a perfect set. And, and he like, he like heckled me on something and I had a good comeback for it. But then he said something else whenever the crowd was laughing and I didn't hear it, but you can hear it on the tape. And it was like, you son of a bitch. Like, yeah. You just messed up a good submission tape. Like it was, it was, it, I, I was pissed, but, but yeah, it's, you gotta be like, if you're going to sell people tapes, you gotta be professional about it. You know I mean? Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, I got a tape from a show once where I killed and then, you know, pre-pandemic and like, it was like the guy was taping every set and you could, and if you wanted it, you could, you could pay him for it. And when I got it, it was like, it did not, it was like zoomed in. So like, it was just like a portrait kind of, 
Yeah. And then like there was no sound on that. You couldn't hear the audience laugh. Yeah. So just you know, you could hear just like a low rumble, and it was like, oh, that sounds like. A, I mean, I was super excited after that set. I was yeah. like, I got that on tape, and then I had the tape. And I was like, oh, I can't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can't hear him laugh. Yeah, and then I learned my lesson with uh, with the tripod shit with putting it in the back of the room because then when you're recording on your phone because you can't you can't hear the audio you can't hear the audience at all whenever you put it in the back of the room so it's like you yeah. have to put it somewhere in the middle and hopefully mm-hmm. nobody hopefully a waitress doesn't trip over it i don't know <laughs> like someone yeah, in front of it or... <laughs> i know i always get nervous i always forget my tripod and then yeah i have a great set but then it's like i know if i set up the tripod take that time and yeah. think about it i'm going to have a hor- yeah. <laughs> worried i'm going to have a horrible set so uh, yeah. Usually try to audio record everything, but yeah. we got a couple of uh, we got a couple of news stories to get to that I thought uh, thought were good for us. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the I don't know if you guys heard about this. Did you hear about the Chinese rocket? Yeah, it's supposed to just come down somewhere. No one seems to be yeah. like, worried about it at all. Yeah, so this is from the they Today. Sh- yeah, this is from the Today Show about the Chinese rocket. It started with the launch of a massive Chinese rocket. This morning, that nine-story tall, 20-ton rocket body is out of control, hurtling around Earth at 18,000 miles per hour on a path taking it as far south as Australia and as far north as New York. And it could hit anywhere. It's really hard to predict when it's going to come in and exactly where it's going to be. Temperature can change or solar wind can change. There's all kinds of things that can change. The debris is likely to fall on water, experts say, simply because it covers 70% of Earth's surface. The risk of being hit is small, but it's not zero. And unlike in movies like Armageddon, there are no plans to try to intercept it. We don't have a plan to shoot the, the rocket down. We're hopeful that that it will land in, uh, in a place where it won't... Uh, won't harm anyone. Most of the rocket is expected to burn in the atmosphere, and China is downplaying the risk. But pieces of other Chinese rockets have fallen in populated areas, damaging buildings. Last year, debris from a similar Chinese rocket body fell on the Ivory Coast in West Africa. When you put something in space, uh, you have a responsibility to take care of it. This morning, U.S. Space Command is following the situation closely and posting regular online updates. The latest prediction puts the window between Saturday night and Sunday morning. But where is still anyone's guess? Peter, Kristen, this is one of the largest pieces of space debris to ever re-enter Earth's atmosphere, but it is also unlikely to be the last. China has 10 more launches planned between now and the end of next year. Peter, Kristen. Yeah, they're just uh, gonna keep on, keep on launching them. I guess I don't. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah what There's the no fuck? Way. There's no you way they crazy. sell insurance for that. Yeah, it makes me feel like I could definitely write for the news because I was sitting there listening to that story and I was going, "This sounds." I was gonna make the joke that this sounds like the script to the next Bruce Willis movie, and then they referenced Armageddon. Yeah, and I was there like, you "Oh." Go. Could do this yeah like how they they jumped to they don't have any plans to shoot it down i'm (laughs) like well do you like what do you mean that's just an unrealistic thing to to ask for (laughs) that's what i was like Uh, oh (laughs) that's pretty much what they're saying they just have to say it more yeah they're they're like they're like uh we don't know where it's gonna come down yet but the latest predictions think it will land somewhere in the uh, in the water since water covers seventy percent of the planet, it's like oh, so you have no idea. Yeah, yeah. You're just going strictly off a of percentage of mass. Like that's yes, that's that's, that's what yeah. we're nailing. And you know that report was like eight hundred pages long to tell them that yeah, that's the seventy percent chance it's going to hit water. And yeah. I was like, isn't the world seventy percent water? And they're like, <laughs> right. yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what we're basing that off. Uh, of. <laughs> I mean, dude, this is that's nuts, man. Could you imagine like? You can't because you'd be dead instantly. Yeah. Like, well, I just like the he's that guy's pretty calm because he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not gonna hit me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I know the, the odds, chances like, are. I don't know who it's gonna hit. Yeah. Fox Eight's <laughs> probably having a field day on that one. Uh, like, first, that damn China virus. Now they're dropping rockets on us. Yeah. Oh, Goddamn yeah. red scare. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Q's like, see, see. 
we told, told you, you. <laughs> yeah. could just land we on Mar- a blog <laughs> <laughs> we could just land on marjorie taylor green that's all that's all i'm hoping for i don't know she gonna have yeah, that would be something if it hit, if it just hit mar-a-lago <laughs> <laughs> Then Keelan oh, would lose their shit. They would be like, "This yeah. was planned." This is- yeah, this was planned. This was planned by the, by the Chinese yeah. and 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 Hunter Biden. They <laughs> planned it out. They just start posting pictures with videos where they could like see. There's an M in the background. It stands for Mar-a-Lago. They're sending a sign. <laughs> <laughs> they did it all. Oh man, yeah. Um, the other the other bit of news we have is uh, the NCAA is uh, changing shit up for their athletes. So this is from ABC News today, a couple hours ago, actually. A major rule change could be coming soon from the NCAA, allowing college athletes to profit financially while they compete. And that could drastically change the playing field. Here's ABC's Faith Abube. Tonight, a significant step closer to what many college athletes have demanded for years. Very excited. It's long overdue. For players like Iowa point guard Jordan Bohannon, it's the opportunity to make money when third parties use their names and images. Mark Emmert, president of the NCAA, would recommend college sports governing bodies enact a rule change by July 1st, allowing just that, as first reported by the New York Times. The NCAA has been dragging its feet for decades. With Division I sports bringing in an estimated $8.5 billion a year, the NCAA has barred compensation for players other than scholarships and educational stipends, a policy Bohannon and other players have pushed back against this year around the hashtag not NCAA property. Majority of athletes are minority, and most of this revenue that's being brought in by these athletes is being redistributed to the coaches and the head administrations in these athletic programs. The fact that the athletes haven't been able to see any of this money is a civil rights issue. And when also driving the NCAA in this is the fact that many state legislatures have already passed or are considering laws that would allow student athletes to cash in on their talent and popularity. With Faith, thank you. I love, I love this Jordan Bohannon dude from the guard from Iowa. Is like, yeah, most of most of the NCAA players are minorities, and it's and these players don't get paid, so it's a it's a civil rights issue, and he's white, and he's like, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, they don't. All these players make the NCAA all the money, and they don't get paid. It's like I'm glad he's I'm glad he's admitting that he's not the one making NCAA their money like he's yeah. like they're banking off of a 6-2 white guard from Iowa. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just think like there's only so much money to go around so like those college players like how much what's how's it going to affect the game that spite like the kicker got like a free dinner the you know last month and then the like the wide the star wide receivers got like a a Bentley you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I, well, what they're they're not. So this rule would only um, this rule would only allow them to benefit off of off of other companies using their likeness. So, like, oh, basically, the NCAA the NCAA is doing it is because is because they're tired of not making the money off of the video games that they used to make. I think that's. It's, oh, a, yeah. it's all motivated by money, dude. If the NCAA figures out that they can make more money by giving the players money for their likeness and selling NCAA football and NCAA basketball, then they're going to do that. I mean, that's yeah. as long as they yeah. make more money, they don't give a shit. Yeah. As yeah. long as you somewhat benefit from having your face in a video game or something, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I can't really justify not getting anything from it. Yeah, well, this was the yeah. fight 10 years ago or whatever it was, and that's why... That's why they stopped making NCAA football because the NCAA is like, fine, if you guys won't let us use your likeness in it, then we just won't make it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of just Plus being like, like, yeah, we'll pay you a little bit of money. Is is NCAA football really like outselling Madden though? It like, did. I can't yeah. imagine. Really? It did. That blows yeah. my mind. Yeah, NCAA football was like was like uh, when it was when it was popular, it was like it was like outselling Madden like. Like every other year, almost like that blows my mind. I never knew that. Well, because I was a Madden guy. I've never been into college sports, so like, I'm, yeah, I'm with Gary on that one. Yeah, I was more. I don't know. I I kind of played both equally. I think I don't. I don't know. I I always had both. 
Like every yeah. year when they would come out, I'd buy both of them. Um, and I, I remember my one buddy that I uh, uh, used to, when we were like 19, I used to kind of live with and just, we just smoked weed all the time, play video games. But he, yeah. he uh, would do the stupidest shit on NCAA football. Like he would like pick Kent State as his team and then he would make them like a super team basically <laughs> and like win the national championship with Kent State and like dude that's so dumb like what are you what are you doing I always did the Browns and then turned them into a you know into a good team yeah but that's realistic <laughs> though because you it is possible in the NFL now it, is. Say, it wasn't at the yeah. time it definitely yeah, but it, was, it was always possible we just never had the right GM and and owner combination but like, it's not possible for Kent State to win a national championship in football. Like, it's just listen, dude. I think it's possible in like a Hallmark movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you just gotta make sure like their original team goes down in a plane crash or something, and then yeah. like they'll, they'll rally around it. And... Maybe Denzel yeah. Washington will do another football movie. Yeah, could. Yeah. Um, we have uh, our crazy story of the week. This. I was I was laughing my ass off when I heard this. This is from uh, Inside Edition. This is about a lady who was very upset with her roommates. She looks like she's relaxing in a lawn chair with a good book. But authorities say she actually just torched her own home, then sat in the chair to watch it go up in flames. The shocking video starts with the woman having an argument on her front porch. Oh my god, he just threw water at her. Then another argument with another resident. Next thing you know, the house they all live in is on fire. And there's the accused arsonist relaxing in the lawn chair. She's sitting there just chilling, watching the house go up in flames. The fire quickly consumes the house in Elkton, Maryland. Get out of the house! It's on fire! A bystander runs to help a resident Hurry. as she climbs out a window. Hurry! Wait! Fire crews rush to the scene. That whole roof just fell. Avery Hammond shot the video. I couldn't believe that she was just sitting there like it wasn't happening. She casually went out there, sat in a chair, uh, stayed a few obscenities, and watched the fire spread throughout the house. 47-year-old Gail Metwally was taken into custody. She reportedly has mental health issues. She's sitting there just chilling, watching the house go up in flames. <laughs> Listen, I can't see the video, but was that last guy a Muppet? No, no. <laughs> he was, uh, I, I don't know, I think he was screaming a lot, so he like lost his voice before they did the oh. interview. But <laughs> no, no it was just a normal-looking normal white dude. He was... Uh, but, uh, I mean, dude, that, like, that, that's so crazy. Like, this lady just burnt. And she, they said she had mental health issues. And when they showed her mugshot at the end, she was, like, smiling from ear to ear, just, like, cra looking crazy I, as fuck. She's dude. a fucking lunatic. Yeah. <laughs> I have never heard so much big dick energy coming from a woman dude, that age. She that straight up hilarious. got in an argument with two of her roommates and then walked inside and like torched the house while they were inside the house like that is that's like insane. attempted murder yeah like, yeah that loose i think it's straight up attempted murder <laughs> yeah. i'm pretty sure that's how the prosecutor is uh, going to tell the story and the one lady the one lady climbed out her window so i'm wondering like did the lady like lock her door from the outside before she lit the fire like Oh yeah. my god. Set it right oh. at the base of the stairs. <laughs> and just they stood live... down there like <laughs> Oh my god. They live with this person and never thought this this woman's gonna burn this house down. Yeah. Like I don't She's... think that's usually a surprise from people. See the fire in her eyes. No, I'm not surprised by this stuff anymore. And like the news people, I can't believe there's not more news bloopers like how do you like there's they believe she has mental health issues. Like, <laughs> yeah. And I believe they are correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look at that mugshot. I think it yeah. once you smile in the mugshot, that's Gary's, the nail in the open and shut case. Let's, Gary's yeah. probably seen something like this happen before over in Kenmore. <laughs> oh, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, I see stuff like this all the time. It's like was this down like, the street from me? <laughs> yeah, like they yeah, they had a uh, big naked woman like sitting in the median like Kenmore Boulevard's like one lane on either side and a median down the middle and she was sitting in the median naked oh my god <laughs> no. 
So if I burned her house down. You're just yeah. like, yeah, Kenmore. This is it. Yeah. This is it. <laughs> it's all kinds of stuff, man. Uh, That's what everybody was talking about, the Acre Pooper. I think Piers looked it up, so he must have like done his research. And then Mike Conley does his stuff on Acre Pooper. But uh, like I I know a bunch of cops from working from where I work and uh, they the one cop told me he was like, Yeah, we're not a, he's like he's like, We're not really telling people, but we're pretty sure that we found him. He had died of a heroin overdose. Uh, and oh, and I was like, oh my God, the, that's like two, the two most famous things from Akron. You know, one killed the other one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yeah. That Pierce dude, he did like, he did like half of his set last night on, on Akron. It was hilarious. I know. Was I, I was listening. That's the first time I like, heard that, heard him do that stuff. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. that's cool. I love, I love the fact that he did like that level of research and came here and was like instantly like just an Akron comic. Yeah. The, the red <laughs> box, a rubber ducks game, the, the red box on Friday night, there's probably a thousand people in there. Oh, oh my shit. God. That was crazy. Yeah. And he was crazy. like, he was like walking in there. He was like, he was like walking in that bar. I felt the, he's like, I felt the Pfizer inside of me start stretching. <laughs> yeah. Getting, yeah. Getting ready for sure. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have went in there. Pre-pandemic, I wasn't worried about that. I'm vaccinated. I could, I could. Yeah, yeah. I don't care about that. But I, I don't like that many people anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> anywhere. Especially it's such a bar. It's it's in that type yeah. of a bar with that history. That's just Crazy. a recipe for problems. And then last night there was like two dozen people in there just chilling, you know, like yeah, meandering yeah. around. Yeah, it's you know? shocking, man. I, I don't even know. DJ who that... Smooth wasn't there last night yeah. though. That I don't was know who key. DJ Smooth is, but he has a following. That is for sure. Yeah, he should be playing bigger venues, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe one with more bartenders. I don't know. Yeah. The place is rough to get a drink, man. It really is. Um, but yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know. We, we had one, one other thing I wanted to talk about, but I couldn't find a clip for it, was uh, um, the uh, Aaron Rodgers thing. What do you guys think about the, what do you guys think about football players demanding trades? <laughs> Fuck it. You're the talent. Yeah. You want to get traded? What's your opinion, always, man? Yeah, it's always about intent to me. Like, is it like, you know, is he being, we don't, we just don't know about those conversations that they have. Yeah. Like, yeah sure. His owners. Like, we don't know, like, what it's like, how they're treating him for real. And, you know, he says they're treating him bad. They say he's not. So we have to, like, either think he's whining or, or yeah. well, you know, maybe they really are, you know. And, I mean, know. I've always – I've you've always heard that Aaron Rodgers isn't, like, a great person. I don't – you know, like, like yeah. the shit about yeah. him, like, uh, the, like, his girlfriend didn't like his parents. So he just, like, didn't talk to his parents for, like, five years or some shit. Yeah. Like, oh, my like God. Like, shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah it's – you always hear that he's not a great person, but I don't blame him for wanting to wanting to leave Green Bay after what they've done in the past two years with yeah drafting a quarterback I, in the first round when you have the best quarterback in the game. Like I just I don't yeah know. yeah that kind of stuff. Like, I didn't even know, but yeah, I didn't realize that. But I don't mind it. Like stirs things up. He's a commodity. Like if he if he's taking a risk, is he worth? Is somebody going to take a chance on him? Now that he's done this, if they don't trade him, you know what I mean. It's, yeah. You know the fans. Well, what's crazy is it's screwing the NFL because they're they're trying to they're trying to figure out the schedule right now, and yeah. and they don't want to give Green Bay a bunch of primetime games if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be their quarterback. And if he went to like and if he went to like the Redskins or or the football team, I'm sorry. If he went the to Washington like football yeah, team. if he went to the football yeah. team or like the Raiders. Or any anybody really like that team is all of a sudden a contender and they should probably have like the five primetime games. You know, I mean that's yeah. It's, it's I think crazy. it makes it interesting. You know, yeah. it's challenging, but that's the name of the game. And it seems like recently, I mean, quarterbacks don't really have the loyalty they used to. I mean, when I was growing up, it just seemed like a quarterback was a franchise guy all the time. Didn't matter. Yeah. Now it's quarterbacks are being shopped around a lot well they're not being successful though they're not successful with it because they they tried it like deshaun watson even he tried to get he tried to get out and i i honestly think what happened with him was that houston was like burying some kind of uh like 
whatever inappropriate sexual conduct yeah massage parlor something and and they were like oh you don't want to they're like oh you don't want to be with us we'll release this and they didn't realize that there was going to be like 20 others and it was going to just like completely tank his trade value like i don't i don't think they realized what they were opening but i think i i do think they were the ones that released that shit at first and they kind of shot themselves in the foot with it then, if that's well, the case. That's, Dan Snyder always shoots himself in the foot with, with, yeah. with everything he does. He's like, the, the, the uh, Washington football team fans like feel like feel like about Dan Snyder how most Cleveland fans feel about the Dolans. Like, it's, they, they just can't stand them. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it's fun to go back and you guys, do you play fantasy football, John? Like, go back and think and look at all the criminals you've had on your teams in the past. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had Aaron Hernandez yeah. on my team like a year, the year before he got convicted. I had Deshaun Watson last year, even though he sucked. And now, luckily, I picked up Josh Allen, but he, yeah. Deshaun Watson stayed on my bench. Dude, luckily, but, I had, I had, and I think he's going to be amazing this year. I had uh, my quarterbacks we, in the Dynasty League, we were. We, we play two quarterbacks because we do the super flex. Mm. And I had Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson were like my dynasty, you know. And like mm. last year, early in the year, I somehow picked up, I think it was in the draft actually, I picked up Matthew Stafford. And so now I'm, I'm lucky I got, I can sit Deshaun Watson on my bench and just, if he never plays again, it doesn't hurt me that bad because I have Matt Stafford and Baker Mayfield. I mean, that's. Yeah. So I've never played the Dynasty bad. League, but the one league I play in has talked about trying to do that. But it's, it's fun. I mean, it's just it's it just sucks if you're not one of the good teams. I mean, it takes forever to like like turn around your shit. I mean, it's you could do it in one year if you're smart about it, but it's just it's just harder. It, it's way more strategy, I think. But yeah. But we're not going to turn this into a fantasy football podcast. We'll uh, <laughs> move on to uh, Gary's comic. Another podcast for that sometime. Yeah, we'll move on to uh, Gary's comic that uh, that inspired him to do comedy. Bill Burr, I think that's a, one for a lot of people. Oh yeah, um, I know. You had me on earlier, so I was the first. But <laughs> <laughs> I don't think, have we had a Bill Burr clip on already? I feel like I you have. Remember. I kind of I listen a lot, so I kind of remember him maybe being on before, but maybe, maybe. not. Maybe somebody yeah. he's just mentioned. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, definitely mentioned. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've mean, been watching him since you know since he was on Chappelle's show. All his specials that they right when they come out since you know since then. Yeah. Oh yeah, you listen to his podcasts and stuff too. Sporadically, I, I enjoy yeah. it every now and then. I do listen. I, I I go through spurts with it, and then I listen to him on like the Bill Burt podcast, and, and then. Um, some of his other podcasts. Yeah, that's the one I he's usually best. He's, listen to. He, he's great at ranting. Like it's yeah, you know, it's just it's fun to listen to. It's amazing that he can do that by himself and be interesting for that much time. Yeah, <laughs> it's like uh, it's like a it's like a Marin intro, but for a whole podcast episode. Yeah, like, you yeah. know, like it's it's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, man, it's funny with Bill Burr. I uh, we watched that. Uh, movie King of Staten Island or whatever with with yeah. uh, Pete Davidson and I liked it. My parents my parents liked it. I watched it with them at the beginning of the pandemic, and uh, my mom was like like really liked Bill Burr's character in it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, he's a comic. She's watches stand up. She's like, he's he's a comic. I'm like, yeah, it's on Netflix. And uh, <laughs> I turned on Paper Tiger. And then, like the first like five minutes, she was like, "I don't like this. I'm not gonna watch yeah. this." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, too many, F, oh. too many, too many f bombs for the mom." Yeah, <laughs> I I only saw the King of Staten Island for Bill Burr. Like that's the only reason because I'm yeah. not that big a fan of Pete Davidson. And I, I I became a bigger fan after the movie because I liked him a little better. I had I don't think I gave him a chance, but yeah, dude, he's and then funny, after man. he. Yeah, yeah, I love what he did at the that boxing match with Jake Paul and stuff. Like, he's yeah. just like trolling both fighters like this is stupid (laughs) um yeah yeah i love bill burr yeah we'll play this clip and then uh get into a little more this is uh from his special i'm sorry you feel that way i saw this story down in orange county right down in orange county california this guy gave helicopter tours for 30 years 30 years without incident hands the business off to his son the american dream I built it up for 30 years. Here you go, son. Make the family and the family name proud. All right, Dad, I love you. Right? 
poor kid, five days in. He's supposed to give a tour to a couple, only the dude shows up. The kid thought it was weird, but he's like, I need the money, I gotta give him a tour, right? So he takes this guy up, 10 minutes into the tour, the dude fucking jumped out. Yeah. Five days in. <laughs> five days in from the balloons and the cake, we love you, son. Keep the family tree going. The traditional life. Five fucking days later, this kid, he probably barely had the speech down. Just sitting there flying the helicopter. All right, if you look out the left side of the aircraft, that's Orange County. There's over 27 miles of beaches. Uh, put your seatbelt back on. 27 miles of beaches. <laughs> was established as a county in 1903. Sir, please don't open the door. Sir, what are you doing? Sir, no, no, don't, don't, stop, no, no. What the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. What the fuck? What the Control. I don't know who's on this frequency, but you really need some, some kind of fucking <laughs> Five days in. So I read further into the story. Turns out the guy who jumped out, he was 61 years old, terminally ill. He was in pain every day. They couldn't figure out what was wrong with him, and he had had enough. At that point, that guy immediately became a hero in my world, right? You know what I love about him? Not only did he make the decision, he didn't go out like some pussy, right? <laughs> Handful of pills, watching a romantic comedy, wrapped in an Afghan that Nana made. Fuck that. <laughs> guy went out like a man. Take me up in a chopper, I'm looking at the land I love, and then I'm jumping out like a superhero. I loved it. <laughs> yeah. This guy, this guy should have been wearing a fucking cape. I can't imagine how elated he must have been on that helicopter ride up after finally, you know, just taking back control of his life. Like, fuck you, disease. I decide. You know, ripping tubes out, gets a burger, shotguns a beer, take me up in the chop. He probably had his fucking foot on the dashboard. You know, he's not even listening to this guy giving the tour, right? Over, over 27 miles of beach. Put, put your seatbelt back on. Establishes the county in 1903. Sir, please don't try to open the door. No! But here's the thing, I left out one small thing, there is one small thing, the guy fucking lived. <laughs> yeah, yeah they, were, they were out over the ocean, 500 feet up, you'd think that would be enough, so I'm thinking he must have gone in like Greg Louganis, like no splashes. <laughs> But witnesses said it looked like a dummy was falling out of the air. So that sounds like a hell of an impact. <laughs> I think he accidentally did the most epic 500-foot belly flop in the history of jumping out of a helicopter. You know? But that didn't change what he was trying to do. <laughs> Where his heart was, I still love this guy. I just feel bad for him. Just on the way down, he's got to be thinking, three more seconds of pain, two more seconds. <laughs> wow! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, this is worse! This is way worse! It has a happy ending though. He later died at the hospital. That's right. So here's to him. God bless him. I hope I have the ball someday. <laughs> That's such a great bet. I know, and I probably wouldn't have picked that one, except I think Friday night I was talking to one of the out of town comics. I think about Bill Burr, and he was he brought that up, yeah, or somebody I was talking to, and uh, so that got I was like, oh, that was on my mind. It's it is a great bit, Dude. like going through it twice, yeah, like out, you know, like when you're watching it too. He's just he's going crazy, he's going for it. His physical comedy is awesome too. So yeah, it's something you never think about as an option of doing telling the same story twice from a different perspective. Or whatever yeah i know that's what it like in my mind like first off that's something like i would admire if i saw that story i'd have the same view, i'd have the same outlook on it as he did like oh that's fuck yeah man I'm, i, I kind of yeah. admire that dude for doing oh my that god and uh so like and he has a lot of those so that's why i, I, I click with him because it's the same same point of view but then like i feel like in my comedy like i would have stopped when he like the guy they, after the first time the first time through like they they died laughing at that first yeah. point 
And like, that's the joke. Like he could have stopped there. And like, I feel like I'm good. And then he just like, boom, you know, another layer and layer, layer. And every line is something you can laugh at. Like it's, it's like yeah. a tag, like the way he says it. He could even he could even take that further with like he could have even taken that further with like the with like the parents' perspective like while seeing it on the news or some shit you know like <laughs> or like the people on the ground you know yeah. like just having a cookout on like a boat or something like that some guy just splashes into the water I mean dude could you imagine that you're just on a boat in Lake Erie and all of a sudden some dude just <laughs> It's a crazy uh, ass splash. You're like, there's no diving boards yeah. around here. Where the fuck did that guy come from? Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Part of me wants to think that like the guy was given the tour and was so wrapped up in it, didn't see the guy bail out. So he's like, you know, on your left, yeah, there's a nice like pier down there. There's some people. He looks over and he's like, I, I swear to God, there was somebody with me when I came up here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, a- yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I love it because it's like. It's also very realistic. All the all those are very realistic points of view. The point of view of the pilot, the point of view of the guy doing it, yeah, like him being happy and like so, ex- like he's just like really taking power. Like it's all, <laughs> I could see yeah. that going down exactly like that if we went back in time and I could be a you know a fly on the wall that helicopter. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know. I didn't even know you could like. This is gonna sound really dumb, but I didn't know you could jump out of a helicopter. Like, I always thought that if you jumped out of a helicopter, like, the blades would, like, suck you up or whatever. I just hit the mic really loud, but... No, because they used yeah. them in Baywatch. You ever see Baywatch? They jumped out of them into the water to save people. Yeah. Baywatch, man. yeah, I guess. Plus, doesn't the Coast Guard do it a lot, too? Yeah, like, but they go yeah, down yeah. on, like, the ropes and shit. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the ropes are like solid. I don't, I don't know. Neil deGrasse Tyson's just like white knuckling his keyboard listening to us talk <laughs> yeah. about this. I was never, I failed biology three times and I never got to physics. So, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> you could tell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But if you guys are uh, listening to this podcast, please subscribe. It helps us out. Um, We'll get John some community college with that money. Yeah, no, I'm not taking science classes ever. I don't need them. And so I, <laughs> I, I'm one of those people that like believes scientists and and medical professionals because I know that I have no way to like argue against them. Like I have no yeah. clue about anything. Yeah. Like exactly. We were talking about the. We were talking at the. I think it was at the cigar shop. We were talking about like the variants or or something and. uh and I was like, yeah, the one, the one they said, uh, the one they said from, uh, South Africa is like more contagious and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I like kept going on about these variants. I'm like, like, I fucking know anything about this shit, yeah. about this shit. I like, know. I'm, <laughs> I'm just regurgitating news clips that I heard. Like, that's all, that's all yeah. it is. I don't know why. I, I love Tony's cigar shop. I had I I grabbed a mask getting out of my car, but I was like, I know I'm not gonna need this. Yeah. <laughs> you Tony's walk in, he's like, relax, relax. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. I yeah, I would live in that place if Tony let me. Yeah. Hang out with Tony all day. Like oh. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. It was he pulled time. out that he pulled out a handle of uh crown apple and was like Big man, I know you like crown apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should get like uh we should get like a like a Saturday once a month or something and have a bunch no of doubt. people go up there because yeah, was, for sure I would be dead. It's a good hang, man, for sure. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, definitely come to uh, Brandon's show at the uh, Grindstone this Friday. Tim Wolf's yeah, gonna buddy. be there. He's one of my Am favorite comedians. Where's that the next one? I can't remember. I'll have to check. I haven't yeah, put out the flyer yet, so it's not like crazy, crazy. Yeah. Again, but I just yeah. saw Tim Wolf and uh, somebody else told me they were on it. That was really good. I can't remember. You would think I would be up and up on all this. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Brian. Tim. Brian Gallagher's making his miraculous comeback. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, nice. He'll be on this next one. Yeah, so I'll for sure be, cool. be there. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Tim Wolf hasn't done comedy in a long time, and he just started up again like two weeks ago, and he's one of my favorite comics. So definitely come check that out. Yeah. Um, but uh Gary, where can people follow you on the socials? Do you have any shows coming up? Um I have uh yeah, Gary Bear Campbell on Instagram and uh <laughs> and probably Twitter too, but I don't tweet, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and uh uh and then June fifth, I believe I'm doing a show in 
Erie or Cranberry, Pennsylvania, with uh, Joey Purse at the Comtra Theater. So oh, yeah. and it's it's called Hot Shots, Hot Spots. And there's That's three comics funny. that do a set, and then the, oh, I guess they pick one to come back, and then take a bite of a habanero pepper, and then do five minutes of something the audience picked, the topic that the audience picks. Holy I don't know shit. if he, I don't know if Joey Purse likes me or doesn't like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I don't. Hopefully I can just do my set. Yeah. That yeah. sounds dope. Don't pick me. Hell yeah. yeah. I hope he does pick Not super like into habanero that. peppers. Really, really <laughs> no. like, really. uh, yeah, that'd be cool. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I don't have anything to promote. you have anything to um, Grindstone? I don't really think I have too much coming up, honestly. So yeah, just come out to Grindstone. Brown Petri Dish is created by John Brown and Brandon Petrie. Logo designed by Brian Gallagher. Music by Jared Bailey. Audio version of the podcast is produced and edited by John Brown. Video YouTube version produced and edited by Harrison Poole.